men. What if you could do life better? What if we were more resilient and more confident? What if we got our priorities sorted and stuck to them? The world needs strong men. The Whole Man Academy podcast hosted by life coach Anthony Asprey, that's me, is here to help you become the best version of yourself and make the most of your life at work and play. Each week, I'll be talking to inspiring people from all walks of life whose stories and strategies will empower you to become a better man. Let's get the conversation going. Let's get men talking and let's do life better. Uh, So this is the Whole Man Academy podcast, episode 56. My guest today is another man I've met on the internet, which again sounds odd, but that's the way life is these days. Uh, I'd like to introduce Jamie T. Penny Matthews, who's a contact care uh, flinchlock release practitioner and chiropractor. Um, I stole this from your uh, your blurb, but Jamie helps clients who feel out of whack and out of alignment to create harmony in their body so they can get back doing what they love with ease, even if they've tried everything, lost hope and feel like no one can help them. I love that. And I might have to steal part of that for uh, for my coaching. But we're going to talk about man stuff, uh, life transformation, profound experiences, Peru, uh, self-development and spirituality. Uh, Jamie, welcome to the Whole Man Academy podcast. How are you and where are you, sir? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm in New Zealand right now. It's eight o'clock in the morning. It's a nice sunny morning here. And uh, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks. Just, uh, I know we talked just before we started recording saying how much, you know, obviously me being in the UK, you being over there, we've got a big, big time difference, seven o'clock at night here, but how we could do with a bit of the sunshine that you've um, you've got over there where we're not, uh, you know, not getting out. And actually just on that, on that topic, I was talking very much today to a, a client and we were talking about the importance of vitamin D and, you know, and getting outside and getting sunshine. And I, I do think that's one of the big things over here is, you know, we're in the, in the middle of, let's say winter, pretty much, you know, it's dark at 4.30. It's, uh, it's, it doesn't get light till eight o'clock in the morning and everybody's covered up. Um, I just wondered, starting on that one, how important do you think it is for people to be getting the, you know, their hit of vitamin D at the moment? Oh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, for your immunity, it's very important, you know, like getting exercise, getting vitamin D, getting some fresh air. Um, you know, it's, it's not only good for you physically, but mentally as well, you know? So, yeah, um, I think it's just so, so key to, to feeling good and, um, and being healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And that, the interesting thing was I saw that, you know, for, for months, quite a lot of people that were sharing how important vitamin D was, uh, for the, the the virus that was sweeping the world and people were getting mm. blocked online from talking about it and their and their stuff deleted which i, th- I found amazing um and now you're seeing studies coming out saying oh actually uh, vitamin d and you know is and, and other ones are, are are important to you so did you see that over in new zealand as well where things got kind of censored for for i don't know for suggesting a natural <laughs> remedy or a, yeah, a yeah 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 for sure um pretty much anything that uh, there wasn't a vaccine that they said could help. I guess they were just like, no, that's not shown to be, you know, effective or whatever, you know, and they're just, I guess, pretty much squashing anything else that could possibly help um, and just really focusing on the vaccine. And, um, you know, for me, that was quite hard to, to see because from my perspective, it's going around, going around about it the wrong way yeah. and, and going around it backwards, you know, because, you know, what are we supposed to do? Just sit back and wait for a year and a half while this vaccine comes out. Well, we, our immunity may be getting compromised because we're not actually getting outside and yeah. um, getting and They, shut, they shut the gyms, uh, closed all the gyms, which yeah. is helpful, you know. 
And in fact, they even yeah. closed the outside gyms, which I thought was a real classic because, you know, you shut the indoor ones. I mean, thankfully, when it first started, it was in the summer, so people could still get out. But you were told you could only have one hour's exercise outside a day. And then they shut the the outdoor gyms and the parks and even the children's play areas, which I thought was uh, really helpful mm. to, to, to help your immunity. Um, but mm. uh, just just touching back, that one of the things that made me smile was last weekend I saw um your instagram story where you were uh you know looked like a a fucking great rave to be honest uh and was it um was it sub focus were there and uh and, and other other bands or groups and yeah, uh, so djs i mean it looked awesome because there was thousands mm. of people so t- tell me what that was like oh we're so lucky like i don't know if there's any other countries in the world that are, i mean this this gig um happened to um DJ at, um, yeah. there were 7,000 people, over 7,000 people um, in that crowd there. And uh, it was yeah, very incredible because actually that was the biggest New Zealand um, drum and bass headline show ever. Oh, really? You okay. Know, we're, yeah. So we're, we're having the like, <laughs> record crowds right now. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's just unusual that we're the only country right now that's doing that. And how yeah. how was that? What's been the kind of timeline from you know? Because we're basically not allowed to see our fucking nan at the moment, let alone uh, you know, let alone get a, a you know, smash it up on a night out with seven thousand people. But what was the timeline for them going from you all kind of not being allowed to go out to then oh you can have seven thousand people? Because I think a lot of the people listening to this will be like, yeah, I need a bit of that. Yeah, well, we went into the main lockdown around March, I think it was. And then we came out of that. We went down to level two and then Auckland locked back up again a couple months later. Uh, I can't remember how many weeks it was because I wasn't in Auckland. Um, and then we went back down to level two and then it was just yeah, late last year, um, we went back down to I, I'm not. I'm not sure if we're actually level one or zero at the moment. Well, we we don't all, have a level we're just, one. <laughs> we're all just living life, you know. So yeah. Um, oh, that's great. Yeah. It's great we're really to hear. Not thinking about it. That's exactly mm. the question I was going to say to you. Was you know what makes us laugh with our government is that we only have you know uh, high, medium, and very high or something. And you're like, where could is there is no chance of a low or you know a not not too bad. But, but anyway, that's another story. So. Let's jump into, I mean, there's so much, um, that's why it's great to, to have you on the podcast because I know it was months ago that I first saw some of your posts and was like, ah, oh, this, this guy sounds like he's someone that could help, you know, the whole man Academy uh, crew do life better. But could you tell us what a mm. contact care, uh, you know, and flinch lock and, and, and kind of what that is and how you got into it? Yeah. All right. So what it is, is a method that locates impacts that have been uh that have happened to the bone and we release the effects that have been trapped there so what that means is our body when it when it gets hit by surprise it contracts and reacts to that impact right and that shock actually creates a contraction around the bone and traps pressure in there right the problem with that is that your body now has to start compensating for that and our body starts to actually change its shape and it so it changes the way you move, it changes the way you feel, and then and therefore it changes the way you start to act and, and all sorts of things. So um, essentially, people are walking around with their past impacts still held in their body, yeah, and it's affecting them, and they don't actually realize. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm a chiropractor, and 
five years ago, I stumbled across this technique and it was a coincidence. Uh, this lady came and saw me uh, as for chiropractic care and she said, oh man, this person came and worked on my horse. Um, it was amazing. It was called Flinchlock. Have you heard of it? And I said, no, nah, I haven't heard of it. Yeah. She said, all right, you should learn it so you can come and work on my horses as well. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't like horses. So <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was just like, I'm all right. Thanks. Um, but if I hear about it again, I'll look into it. The next day, this, uh, the psychic lady actually, um, she, she said to me that she could see me doing this technique called Flinchlock. And I was just like, Whoa. that is really weird because yesterday this lady you know told me about that and um and i did say to her if i hear about it again i'll look into it so that was my cue you know so yeah i looked into it did a course two weeks later and from that moment forth within the first hour i knew like i wasn't doing chiropractic anymore even though i was like i was 10 years invested into chiropractic and i had two chiropractic centers at the time um yeah because i i just felt how much the body can change yeah. with, with one release. And this, the spine actually adjusts itself. So yeah, without me even touching it. So that's what blew my mind is that, wow, their spine is actually also compensating for these injuries. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's that knock on effect of if someone has an injury and it affects their body and maybe they hold themselves differently or they walk differently or they, you know, mm. their shoulders out of balance. And then I guess you create other injuries because you're not walking or you're not sitting and acting how you should do. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like most people that come in, uh, you know, they're, they're pointing at some sort of place on their body and saying, you know, the pain's here and I'm going, all right. And I, I'm certain, I'm usually releasing something sometimes at the other end of the body. <laughs> And they're like, what the, my shoulder's better. What did you do? You know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just, it's just a flow and effect of all the, uh, all the deep tissue, the, the fascia and the body, you know, it's, it's like a web of, of connective tissue that um, if that tightens up in one area of the body, it's going to change the rest, you know? Yeah. Mm. I, I think it's so, it's so interesting. I've always been interested in, well, since my twenties, I had a collapsed lung or a spontaneous pneumothorax. And that, that meant that was kind oh. of a, a knock-on effect of the fact that I then lost lots of weight, couldn't play sport for six months. And during that time, I, I oh. because I lost weight, I was like, Do you know what? I want to try and when I can build muscle and, you know, firstly to get back to where I was, but then try and have a, a better body. Um, and even at the time, I then started to understand a little bit more about how everything, it sounds obvious, but how everything is so connected, but that doing a lot of weights meant you were quite tight across sometimes your chest or your shoulders or lower back in these places. So um, I know when I was reading, um, you know, this stuff on your website, I just wondered for you, are you able to, if someone walks in the door, are you, I'm assuming you're kind of assessing them before they actually, you know, sit down or lay down. So do you find yourself now being able to actually look at them and be like, yeah, I think it's going to be this already. Yep. Yep. So this is the most fascinating thing, by the way. Um, so people show you with their gestures, unconscious yeah. gestures, where their problems are while they're telling you about it. But you can also see it, you know, in the way people move. But um, I find this the most fascinating is, uh, and I missed it the whole time as a chiropractor, you know, I was talking to clients and I was just, I was usually focusing on their story of what's happened. But now as a contact care practitioner, you, you sort of, you relax your eyes so you can see the whole person and as they're talking to you, they might be wiggling their foot or they might scratch their face or uh, I don't know, any any movement that they do while they're telling you about the yeah. problem, 
will show you 99% of the time what's related to, wow. <laughs> to the problem. Yeah. So it's really be, fascinating. You'd be good as a poker player. Um, Possibly. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Perhaps you should look into that one as well. Well, I just wondered um, with, I know you had a, what was great was you had a long list of kind of things that you can help people with on, on your, um, on your website. And I just wanted to kind of talk about mm. a couple of them because I'm always thinking of the, I always say the guys that are listening, but actually 25% of our listeners are, are female. So uh, it's, it's, you know, it's not all always just guys that are, are kind of picking up the tips, but for a guy mm. listening, I know you spoke about, um, you said you could cover, you know, the, the wear and tear on the body. Um, for us, oh, how old are you? I'm 33. 33. So I'm, mm. uh, I'm 42. So I'm, I've got, you know, pretty much a, a good 10 years on you. But um, mm. for, for us guys that are in our 40s, especially if you've been playing, I don't know, rugby or football or any kind of impact sports, you do start to get a bit of wear and tear. So what, what are the common, yep. what are the common kind of things you're treating guys for? Oh, man, yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much anything that's wearing out, uh, people come in for, um, or they're feeling tight, tense. Um, essentially, I, I I use the car analogy. So if you if you're driving along with your car and you hit a curb, you put the alignment of, of your steering out right and yeah. the, the wheels. So now the wheels aren't moving like they were, and now the, the tire starts to wear out a bit faster, maybe on one side more than the other yeah that's just like the joints in our body so if and if we've had all these impacts and traumas our body's moving differently and now the stresses are now imbalanced so certain places will, will wear faster than others uh, and maybe some you know, some parts may move free and some parts may be tighter so essentially we're you know you could just go and replace the tire which is what a lot of people do. They go and get surgery on the knee, for example. Yeah. But but if there's an underlying tension that's putting more stress into that knee, yeah, that's what we got to. That's what if you really want to fix the problem completely, that's what you got to do. So, so you got to go back. Is that them kind of? Um, I'm trying. There is a saying in my head, but you know, they're treating the symptom, not the cause. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Papering over. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, I mean, that's what I found. A lot of the time working as a chiropractor was that, you know, I'm adjusting the spine and then the person's feeling better, but there's this underlying pattern that keeps coming back. And I'm, you know, I was just kept on asking myself, like, why, why is this person's spine doing this? Yeah. And another person with very similar stresses in their life, their spine's not doing that. You know, what's the difference between these two people, you know, and, and what it is, is, their history is different. Like what what's happened to them in the past, what they've done in the past. So yeah, so we, yeah, it's it's a different way of looking at it. I, I guess also, I just wanted your thoughts or, or what you advise um, people if you're if you're working with them because so many people are are sitting for you know ten hours a day or something, um, especially yeah. uh, you know across a lot of the world where people are working from home, which <clears throat> I know there's. There's always going to be, you know, good and bad points of working from home. But for me, what I, I'm seeing is, of course, people aren't walking to the train station. They're not walking around at work. They're not walking out at lunchtime because they're just going from bed to desk to sofa to bed. And that's it. And they're not getting much of the exercise. So I just wondered for you, yeah. what, you know, where do you even start with talking to people about trying to, 
don't know, do you just encourage them to try and move more or do natural movement? Yeah, I mean, I don't really focus on it too much um, on on people's exit, like that sort of habit. But um, you know, I, I, I go, I tell them to go and see a physio or something for that because mm -hmm. that's the you know that's what they specialize in. Um, but you know, one thing is if someone is struggling to get off the chair, off like from my perspective and with the work we do, we actually look to see if there's any pressure in the in the uh, pelvis or right. along the back because if there is a lot of pressure in there from an impact they've had in the past that means that they feel like they need more support there and when they do get support there their body can relax more mm -hmm. so that's an, that's another that's another um distinction i guess for for flinch locks is flinch lock like pressure and that's what actually dictates what we decide to be our most comfortable position yeah so let's just say when you're sleeping, you like to lie on your left side. Well, I'm going to bet that on your left side and somewhere in your body, there's a bone that's got so much pressure in it that it needs the support of the, of the, of the Interesting. Bed. Yeah. And once you lie on it and then, then the bed takes the, that pressure for you, <sighs> no, now your body can relax more yeah. and that's why you can sleep better on that side. Um, so once you release that, actually your body can actually relax in more positions than, than before. That's, that's so interesting because I guess my my tiny pea brain was working on the fact that I guess also if you just sleep on one side because it's you're favoring it for a reason, then you're you're putting other pressure on that side that you're not necessarily if you're sleeping on the other side. Mm. Yeah, this this was what really blew my mind as well was that if let's just say someone's got a painful right hip, right? So they come and they go, uh, you know, I have to sleep on my left side because it stays off my right hip. Or there are other people that come in and say, I've got a pain in my right hip, but I need to sleep on it. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like the opposite. So then when you actually start checking them, you actually find that, yeah, it's, it's usually not the hip that where the, the pressure is. Yeah. But somewhere in their body is another pressure. And, and once you release it, all of a sudden when they get up, they're like, hang on, my hip's not sore anymore. Yeah. Because when they were lying in that certain position that it was comfortable, the pain wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, we, so we're going into what's comfortable to find out where the problem is. Right. It, it mm -hmm. must be so interesting yeah. because every person that's coming in has got, as you say, has got a different different story as well. Um, and I just yeah. wondered, um, you know, going along with the sleep side of it, but also I think at the moment where, you know, for a lot of the, a lot of the world, there's going to be people with issues with their mood um, and anxiety and feeling slightly overwhelmed because, yeah. you know, most people have basically the fabric of society has been sucked out because people aren't seeing people. They're not working. They're not going to concerts. They're not dating. They're not doing all these different stuff. And I just wondered, do you, um, when you, when you're working with people, are you t are you looking at are you asking the questions to look at all of those things as well to kind of understand the full package of what's going on? I'm heading that way. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's been more of a like the person comes in and I ask them, you know, what are you feeling? Like, what do you, what are you here for? And yeah. so it's important it's important that they have the right intention of what they want to be worked on. And um, it's people usually are thinking about physical pains, but occasionally we get people and they say you know I mean I'm feeling anxious or um, I'm I've got a phobia of 
darkness as an example. Yep. So yep. I had a client yesterday that um, I worked on for Fear of the Dark. Um, and Where do you start with that then? Well, yeah. So you know how I said that people show gestures for yeah. where, where the problem is? Yeah. So I'll give you an example of uh, one person that I've actually worked on a couple of people with being scared of the dark and both were successful. Um, anyway, so one person I said, oh, tell me about your fear of the darkness, you know, what happens. And, and as they're describing it, she just, she grabbed onto her jaw like this. And, um, and I was, just, I said to her, freeze, don't move. So I grabbed onto her hand that was still on her jaw and I found the point on her jaw that had pressure. I released it, she relaxed, and then uh, she felt great. And then I said, okay, well, let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, she went out, did the rubbish, um, and came back and she was like, oh, it, was, it was in the dark. And, yeah. she, and I said, oh, how was that? And she goes, how was what? <laughs> I said, you just went out, you just went out and did the rubbish in the dark. Like you normally are freaked out yeah, by freak that. Yeah, freak out. And yeah, yeah. And she's just like, oh my gosh, like, that was fine. I didn't even think about it. You know? <laughs> how straight how strange it was yeah. great but it's so so how how would you it, it, how would you explain to someone how that has taken the fear of the dark away yeah so what i believe is that it's it's our body's reaction to the sense so when we have a, a traumatic a sudden shock to our to our body from an impact accident or um, something sensory like a, a loud bang or anything like that our body saves a snapshot of all the senses at the time you know what it yeah. saw what it smelled what it felt and if that was a danger if something hit you then your body then basically says that that's a danger now right. so whenever that same smell sound what you saw so it triggers back again our body yeah, it's and it and it reacts. It overreacts actually. So, yeah. you know, people are overreacting to silly things. You know. Yeah. Why is that? <laughs> it's because something in the past has shocked them, and their body has now saved that as a threat. It's, so it's it's a survival thing, but it actually works against us, doesn't it? It's it is it is so interesting because I know I've mm. been to a couple of events where you've had um you know hypnotherapy and people talking about phobias and, and it's very difficult because when you're not scared of that it's hard for you to understand you know when someone says they're scared of the dark and you're not it's hard for you to understand it and i just think that's so interesting because it's you know sometimes it's, it's it's something a bit like you said that someone would never think of is the is the issue as to why you know why they've got that phobia um and i know you spoke about uh you said earlier about having like impact on the body and that was going to lead me on to um, I know that you uh, had your, let's call it, um, adventurous accident when you're away in Peru. So, and, and I'm I'm with you on that one because I know I said to you I had a, a, an incident myself just after I'd come back from Peru and gone to the states. But tell us about what happened. Yeah. Um, so, oh man, I could go into a lot of detail here, but because um, <laughs> because it was it was fascinating because the night before I I did a plant medicine ceremony. Yeah. Um, and I was in uh, Peru. We went to some hot springs called uh, Lares Hot Springs. I'm not okay. sure of them. Yeah. And uh, amazing place up in the mountains. Uh, amazing views. And uh, 
I have to ask yeah. you then, seeing as you said the plant, yeah. what is, was it ayahuasca or something like that? San Pedro. Okay, yeah. So it's, it's the, they call it Wachuma over there. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was incredible. Actually, it really heightened my, my intuition and I was looking at people and I could see where I could work on them. It were, yeah, I just knew I could help people just by looking at them. And it just really took my skills as a practitioner, I guess, yeah. to a whole new whole new level well let's and um let, I, i'll tell you why i find this so interesting i know i've listened yeah. to you know different people that have spoken about taking um you know ayahuasca and, and and all the different versions of it and probably if you'd have said to me a few years ago i'd have said there's not a chance in hell that uh you know i'd be interested in that but the, the more i've gone down that path and listened to guys i realize what an incredible experience it can be and you know maybe a traumatic experience but you see something that you know could be life-changing so was that the first time you yeah. you'd done it and and if so um you know what was your what was your kind of overall experience of it that was the second that was the second time yeah um yeah oh man it was incredible incredible man uh, life-changing I was actually really excited um, to get back um, to my hostel so I could actually ring back home and yeah. tell, tell everyone like what I saw, what I did. Like, I just couldn't believe it. Um, and how, yeah, does it, so. how does it work? Do you, are you in a group or, and you've got like a, a, a shaman with you or, um, you know, are you, are you in a, a guided meditation? Yeah. I didn't do a guided one. It was just a, a group of us that yeah. had decided. Um, and we we sat in a circle, had a little you know, ceremony, set our intentions and what we'd want to get from it, and um, yeah, and then we uh, took this. And you can buy you know San Pedro in the markets, yeah. Through, um, and yeah, it's just it's really common there, and a lot of people do do guided um, ceremonies as well, and they usually go up into the uh, go up in the mountains and into nature. Often they don't even talk, you know, they're just experiencing nature yeah yeah but yeah in our case um yeah there were a few people around and yeah all of a sudden um i'm seeing oh i can help this guy i know i can help this guy and i thought yeah this is not the time for that <laughs> and then um so i sort of ignored that and then you know walked away and then he comes into view again and i'm like oh gosh i can see it again you know and i'm not ignore that third time happens and i'm like okay i gotta do it now so I walk up to him and I, I could tell pinpoint where in this point in his body on his chest where to work. So I put my hands on him and he just felt like he just, his body just went backwards. And I so I'm supporting him. And he wasn't expecting this, by the way. Like I I, I did explain what I'm gonna do, but he wasn't yeah. expecting that he'd lose control of his body. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, you know, I released this uh, this pressure from his chest, and then he came back up. And he said, what did you do to my back? And I was like, I didn't do anything to your back. I just released that. And he goes, nah, you, you fixed my back. No, I, I didn't, even, <laughs> didn't even know his back was bad. Yeah. But what's more amazing is was this guy was a really staunch and quite intimidating person. Mm. But after this release, his whole demeanor softened. And he, he became like a soft teddy bear. And yeah, he was just, he felt so good. And as soon as I finished with him, the next person walked in and I was like, oh no, they're next. Yeah. So I think it was about maybe about eight people. And and I also was picking up on 
spiritual attachments on people. This may sound crazy for um, some listeners, but <laughs> but um, no, it we're, really we're, became I, obvious. It's good to talk about like this, how yeah. spiritual attachments. Yeah. So so how yeah, the, so, how would it work for you with you with the spiritual attachment? Would it be that you would feel it or you would see it or It was, you know how they say that there's a third eye and you can see yeah. things. Well, it was like that was activated and I was seeing visions and um, I was just getting pictures flooding my mind of what was going on. What was amazing was this girl that was there that I worked on. Earlier on the day, I noticed that she was really, she was real quiet. She had a, her cap on, she had it sort of low over her eyes and she was very quiet and I was talking to her earlier on the day and she said something like, I hear voices in my head or something. And I thought oh, that sounds really interesting. What's going on there? Anyway, later on, I saw I could, you know, I had this vision that I could help her. So I went up to her and I said, is it okay if I you know, work on you? I can see something that I can help you with. Yeah. And the most bizarre thing happened when I put my hands on, on um, her chest she lost consciousness. So she was just sitting there and her body just dropped. And so I'm holding her <laughs> from falling over and, and thinking, oh my gosh, uh -oh. Like I've just opened a can of worms here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like sitting there freaking out, but I'm like, no, nah, I gotta, I gotta support this person and, and just go with it. Yeah. And a couple of seconds later, she came out of it and she was in a panic. She's like, <laughs> like, um, What'd you do to me? What'd you do to me? And then she just lost consciousness again. And this happened about 10 times. Wow. She just kept coming in and out of consciousness. Like, yeah. And then finally she stabilized. And I'm sitting there, you know, I'm, I'm actually asking for some guidance, like mm. on the spiritual realm, I guess. And so I'm saying prayers in my head and of, of basically to show me what to do next. And when she comes back to consciousness, she says, Oh, I've got this voice in my head. And then I had this shiver go down my spine and I realized it's not her voice. And so I tuned in. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going down a rabbit hole here. No, you but, carry on. Um, I'll come with you. So I had so I, <laughs> and uh I had this image of this old lady. She didn't look very nice, she was quite dark, and yeah, anyway, came to my mind and I I described it to her, and she's like. Yeah, that makes sense. That actually, yeah, I, she said that her mom got haunted by this old lady while she was in this house. And she said, to think about it, that's where my voices started. So I was like, holy crap. <laughs> and then, uh, so, uh, so we went through it and I basically said, okay, I'm going to try and release this off you, you know, from you. And so it took about, I reckon about 20 minutes. And as soon as I started connecting with this entity, this girl started screaming like it was like an exorcism. I was just gonna yeah. I, that word popped into my head. Yeah. 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 Oh, her body was just convulsing, and it was, and I've never, I'd never seen anything like it, and I didn't know it was possible, you know, other than on a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and this was, this is like outside the realm of of contact care, by the way. Um. So, yeah. So that's what this this plant medicine opened up for me. And wow. Yeah, and it finally did go, this this entity. And she was like, 
she was so relaxed after that. She she felt like a different person again. And and then she said, oh, no, I've got another voice coming in. (laughs) How many people are in there? (laughs) So I ended up working on that too and finally released that. And that was even worse, that one. That was, she was screaming even more for that one. But so once that was released, she became a different person. She was like vibrant, open, speaking a lot. So yeah, That's it amazing. was, it had changed her. These, I know I was, I couldn't believe it anyway. So it was, it's quite a story going through all these people that I worked on, but it's just a couple of them. And yeah, at the end of the night, I, you know, I was the last one, everyone had gone to bed. And I was outside looking up at the stars and I just said, thank you, God. Like, thank you for this responsibility. Thank you for this gift. And I said, I accept it. And then I I just knew that life would never be the same again. So yeah, went to bed and the next morning I had a car crash. Yeah. There's a a sign for you. So what, so what actually happened? Yeah. Yeah, so there was, you know, there's about 15 of us crammed into a Collectivo, uh, which is a van in Peru, and we hired it and had a Peruvian driver. So we're driving along these crazy mountains, and I was actually asleep when it happened. And apparently the brakes failed. The driver jumped out and left us to hit a bulldozer that was parked on the side of the road. Excellent. Yeah, and... Yeah, just so bizarre. And I, so I basically came conscious later on where I was limping along and I was going, what's wrong with my legs, you know? Yeah. And then they were, they were directing me into this police car. So that was my first memory. Mm. Um, and on, yeah, there's, there was a guy with bandages around his head. A couple of people lost some teeth and someone broke their hand and yeah. And how, how did that affect you? Because um, I must say I was I was talking about this earlier um, to Emma, my partner, and mm. we kind of said, you know, there's some places that you don't want to. Uh, Peru was a lovely place, but I wouldn't want to necessarily have an accident and be in hospital there. Um, so, what what was that like? I was very lucky, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. We actually went to a private hospital in Cusco, so we were so lucky, and yeah. So they they took X-rays of me and. Um, did everything they could, but they didn't know I was concussed though. You know, I didn't even know I was concussed. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was living in La La Land and uh, I could barely turn my head and uh, <laughs> I could barely walk. So I was just yeah. concentrating on, on those things at the time. Um, yeah. So I'm glad that we, we got some, some good care. Some proper care. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They pretty much just said, you're, you're good to go. See you later. <laughs> And so, yeah. so with the, with the concussion, you know, how how soon after, and what were the effects of that on you, kind of short and long term? Yeah. So immediately, because I was actually doing this technique as I was traveling, and flinch lock release, and my my intention was to share it, and and also learn other things, mm. but I found that I couldn't actually do that anymore. I was. I was working on someone and I would just get tired straight away. And so I was physically losing it. My memory was terrible. I couldn't remember what I had for breakfast. 
um, I was having conversations with people and they're saying, oh, we've already had this conversation. Um, yeah. And um, so I was talking to someone back in New Zealand, um, my friend Nicole at the time, and she she was, apparently she was taking tabs and like asking me, what do you have for breakfast? What do you have for lunch? You know, and then she would quiz me again later and I was giving different answers. <laughs> but I did I couldn't remember, you yeah. know, so it was really difficult. And so they were saying, you got to come back home. You got to come back home. Um, it took me three weeks to surrender. Yeah. Cause I, I was so adamant and I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to fail. And yeah, cause I'd, I said, I'd travel for two years and, yeah, but yeah, I gave up in the end uh, when I realized actually, yeah, I'm, I'm not good at all. Yeah. I can't work. I can't uh, remember. Yeah. So yeah. What, and then, what was the, yeah. what was the, what had to happen for you to actually say I'm not all right? Yeah. That's a good question. Um, yeah. I just, I just realized that I wasn't getting better. You know, I, because that's what I thrive doing is is working on on people with this technique and yeah when when that's taken away from from me then I was like when I what can I do like I feel useless you know it's when I, I had I felt like I couldn't do my purpose and yeah that was hard you know because when when you take that away what's left you know so that was scary I guess that's part of your um uh, your, your identity yeah yeah i you know i'd created this brand at the time called the traveling healer <laughs> which i laugh about now but um oh i like it yeah it was it was fun it was fun but from this concussion i could i could not live up to my name and like they're my brand anymore you know yeah. i couldn't really travel i couldn't really do the healing work so i guess i guess what it, was I up, you know? it was flipped that you you were the one that needed the healer yeah Absolutely. And how did you and how did you go from that moment where you said, you know, I've I've got to get something sorted out. I need some help here, to actually getting back to how you felt was the, you know, the old you, as it were. How long did it take? Mm. Oh, I would say at least a year. Wow. Yeah. 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 It was it was tough. Really, really tough. Like the first six months, especially, was terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I so. We, Came back to New Zealand, got a bunch of contact care functional like release done. And yeah, I just had to stay home while everyone was working. And, you know, it's the normal concussion thing is, you know, you, you struggle to read, you struggle to watch TV. So yeah, you're sitting, you're sitting there going, what can I do? You know, it was so difficult, so difficult. Um, so yeah, you just, you're just that- there in your mind. Is that then is your, um, you know, if you were talking to someone else who had that issue now, is it purely kind of them just resting? Because we with concussion, I guess there's not a huge amount more, um, you know, that you can do, I guess, unless I'm mistaken, of course. Yeah, yeah. So sure, resting is most one of the most important things, uh, the right food. Um, what, what happens with concussion is the body gets really confused, you know, um, and that's what we help with contact care flinch lock release is that we we're taking out the shock of out of the body the skeletal sensory shock so that the body can organize itself again because it's the the sudden shock that 
puts things out from organization to disorganization and and it, yeah so once you once you start lining the dots up again then the body can organize itself better so i mean it's going to really increase your your um healing speed yeah and and you know we we work on people that have had concussions 20 years ago and they, and they still improve a lot you know it's it stays with people a lot you know i must say it is it's not something i i knew much about until uh two or emma actually um fell over skiing and it was mm. the it was one of her first time skiing she didn't have a crash helmet on and uh, she's oh, lucky yeah. that she was she was pretty stationary as opposed to you know tanking down a mountain but she came back and we had to go and see a neurologist and you know we were really worried about you know she was 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 being sick and being ill and confused and all those things which sounds like a lot of my nights out to be honest but that's that's a different story um but mm. really for her that's where i first started to understand a bit more about um concussion and i know you said about like the short-term memory my my father had a my dad had a car crash and i got to the hospital and they said oh he's fine he got out the car and you know he just had a prang and you think he's hit his head he got out the car walked to hospital or mm. you know walked in the ambulance and then suddenly he couldn't remember anything and it really was he'd be laying on a on a you know a stretcher at the hospital and he'd say where am i and you'd say you're in the hospital dad uh, blah blah and you know 30 seconds later he'd say where am i and you'd think he was joking and you'd be like don't stop messing about and literally he'd lost all his short-term memory for a while and i ended yeah. up writing on a on a on an a4 pad in how he would read it i've had a you know a and I wasn't putting accidents, it sounded a bit traumatic, but I've had a, you know, a, a prang in the car. I'm in whatever hospital, I'm okay and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, it's amazing how literally it's your short-term memory that just just goes. Yeah, it's really bizarre. And did you find, I don't know, that it affected anything else in your life? Because, um, you know- Oh, yes. You know, not just with work, but with, with relationships and with everything else that goes with kind of yep. having a decent memory and- Yeah, so, you know, beforehand, before this accident, I was really quite balanced emotionally. And um, after that, I was, I was having panic attacks. I was having social anxiety. Um, yeah, my, my, my emotions would go from really high to really low in a short amount of time. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. I just, I couldn't control my, yeah, my feelings mm -hmm. or anything. And it actually, I actually got quite numb as well. You know, I did, I lost my feelings for a while and, you know, I really thought that I might not ever be normal again. Yeah, I thought I might be, I thought I'd done it. You know, I thought that's it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I came out of that. Yeah. Well, so am I. It's, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that it just reminds us. I was actually writing about you know, mortality today, as it were, in one of the uh, e-letters mm -hmm. that gets sent out, to, well, gets sent out tomorrow. And, you know, it's one of those things that everything can be going really well in your life and you never know what's around the corner. Well, especially if it's a, if it's a, a, a JCB that's parked in the way, but um, you know, and you never quite, you never quite know what can happen to you from day to day. So uh, yeah, that's, mm. that's one of those, uh, you know, with concussion, it's one of those interesting ones that I am uh, slowly getting to understand a little bit more about now changing the subject slightly, but 
I know you yeah. spoke on stage. Uh, you spoke alongside uh, Dr. Batar, Bruce Lipton. Um, and I just wondered with Bruce, um, for, for those that don't know, I'll, I'll put it in the uh, show notes because he's, he's such a um, inspirational character for your, you know, your health and wellness. And I just wondered um, if you could talk about um, what it was like you know, being at the event and talking on stage with such a such a guy like that, and also what you've kind of learned from what he what he talks about. Yeah, well, actually, I was supposed to go to America in May to to attend that event. Right, but um, I actually did it on Zoom, so yeah, uh, yeah that was unfortunate. But um, yeah, I have I've met Bruce Lipton uh, many times, and mm-hmm. um, also you know he taught me at chiropractic college. Um, what did I learn? The biggest thing I learned from Dr. Bruce Lipton was that we are in control of our own health. We are responsible for our own health. What I learned at that time was that when I was growing up, I'd given all of my power away to the medical profession. Yeah. You know, I looked up, to, I, I, I basically said to myself that, you know, if I got sick, they'll have a drug for me. They'll, yeah. they'll know me, what to do. Give me a pill. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, which meant that I could just eat crap. I could do whatever. It's okay. Cause they got me, you know, I gave away my power completely. You know, yeah. I used to remember my mom, you know, if she got a headache when I was a kid, she would go up into the cupboard, open it up and, and there was Panadol in there. Uh, she'd take that and oh, voila, I'm feeling good now, you know? So that was the mentality I grew up with. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I came across chiropractic philosophy, which is, you know, uh, the body healing itself from the inside out, you know, just remove the interference and the body knows what to do. And, and then Dr. Bruce Lipton, uh, he talks, he talks about, you know, environment, uh, affects how, uh, affects the genes more than the genes affect the health, you know? Yeah. So, it, you know, if we're thinking positively, if we're in a positive space, if we're in the right environment, that's going to um, be more uh, powerful than, yeah, than just drugs, basically. Yeah. And, and yeah, so yeah, that was a, that was a big mind shift for me. You know, taking back my responsibility for my health. Yeah, that's that's so important because I, you know, I'm a big believer in that myself. Over the years of trying to educate myself, and again, I'm lucky. My partner Emma is a nutritionist, so you know, she's she spent eight eight years studying this stuff so between us we're trying to cover all the different you know the different angles of of nice. living a healthier lifestyle and there's so much that goes into it that quite frankly i didn't mm. understand you know you you think it's just the food but actually it's uh you know if there's things in the water and what you're washing your clothes with and you know what the toxic paint you've got in your house and the and the toxic flooring and you know are you driving a diesel car and all these different things that that, that kind of cover it but that's what I know for for us as we've gone through our kind of, let's say, learning about health and, and lifestyle journeys. So many people don't want to put the work in and they just want, just give me a pill. I just, you know, if they've got an ailment or they've got an issue, it's, well, I go to the doctor and he can give me something to fix it. And you say, yeah, but what's what's causing it? You know, what's what's the underlying <laughs> issue? And a lot of people go, I don't care. I just, I just want a pill to fix it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. It's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, there's an analogy that I use is that, you know, if there's a, if you've got a, your engine light coming on in your car and we just put a plaster over it so we don't see it anymore, you know, 
doesn't mean that your engine's working better now. It's just that you're not, you can't see it anymore. And that's yeah. the same as all of these, these painkillers and things that we're taking, you know, you might feel better, but it's not, it's not gone. You know, what, what's underlying is still there. Yeah. yeah. You, I just wanted your thoughts. Um, um, we, we've got two little, uh, two little boys who are kind of um, one and a half mm. and three and a half. And what we saw, and I would have been guilty of this because I didn't understand, but Emma, you know, understanding a lot more about it, how many parents would every time their child had a sniffle would dose them up with Calpol. And I don't know if you know what that is over, over where you are, but you know, uh, uh, pretty much a, a sugary, uh, sugary version of a paracetamol, if that makes sense, you know, for, for kids. And it would just be like, oh, you know, if they've got a runny nose, if they've got this, if they've got a, any issue, they would just be chucking Calpol down their neck. And of course the kids are having it because it's a sweet a medicine. But you know, you'd realize you try to say to people, look, you know, a child having a temperature is is you suppressing a temperature. The temperature is them trying to, you know, get get rid of a virus or get rid of something. So you're not you're not exactly. actually helping. Um, but maybe parents do it for anything for an easy life. Um, but I just wanted for you, how how do you knowing so much as you do about the body and and also um, you know, about the the health and the natural side of things um how do you kind of structure your lifestyle with with exercise and eating and and uh, maybe meditation anything like that yeah uh firstly the biggest thing would be exercise uh i do f45 have you heard of f45 no which one is that uh it's it's a it's a new thing it's it's probably going to be as big as crossfit okay um, yeah but yeah, it's basically functional movements for 45 minutes. It's it's a great package. Highly recommend anyone to do it um, if you want to get into shape. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm doing that about six days a week and loving it. And yeah. Um, I've, yeah, I've got a new routine, you know, like a power hour to start the day. Um, it's meditation for 20 minutes, um, visualization, uh, a daily planner. Have you yep. heard of the uh, Brendan Burchard's uh, performance planner? Yes. Yeah. 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 And um, what else do I do there? Yeah. It, that, those are the main things there. Um, yeah. In terms of nutrition, I could definitely improve on that. <laughs> what? Yeah. What, the, what, but, the, but, what are the things that you're, um, you know? Oh, I, I have, I have. A coffee a day i think that's probably one of the things that i probably could cut out yeah um and the odd sweet thing mm -hmm. yeah yeah i don't know other than that it's not too bad yeah yeah i bet, I bet compared to most people i would see that you know you you'll think oh i've had yeah. this and, that. and then you to, if you went and looked at most other people's trolleys you'll be like actually i'm not doing too bad yeah yeah definitely definitely yeah i'm not i'm not buying any fizzy drinks or yeah uh, yeah so you've got your you've got your exercise it. you've got your your food you've got your your morning routine which I, it was really interesting you said that because that's one of the big things we try and talk about on the whole man academy um and i've done talks on for for companies was how important it is to start your day um and, and could be argued how important it is to end your day as well you know by maybe planning for the next day and doing all that stuff but you know those those uh however long you can you can allocate to starting your day the right way be it i always call it move breathe think and drink so can you do some kind of exercise even if it's two minutes 
uh, you know, breathing. Can you take a few minutes to take some deep breaths, ideally outside? Think, as you said, is your planning. What am I actually got to do today? What's what have I what must I do instead of the shiny object syndrome where you do all the cool stuff that, uh, you know, is easy to do uh, and drink being, you know, could you have uh, warm water with lemon or uh, we have apple cider vinegar with bicarbonate of soda or, you know, something right. like a pint of water just to, just to start your day. So it's interesting. It's always the more people I spend time with who, when I say a successful, I don't necessarily mean in a monetary term. I mean in a their 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 health is on point. To use a term that I hate, um, so many of them have a good morning routine, which leads me on to yeah. Tony Robbins and what your thoughts are, and and if you've gone to any of his events. No, I haven't. I'm I'm a fan for yeah. sure. Um, but I, yeah, I haven't been to any of his events. Uh, have you? Uh, yes, I started off. Uh, I did um, unleash the power within in London with ten thousand people. Oh. Then I flew to oh, nice. Tenerife and went to Life and Wealth Mastery for two weeks, um, and then I flew to Miami and did Date with Destiny for for ten days. Um, so I've wow. I've done apart from wow. the business master, I've done it all. And actually, the the year I went for date uh, for date with destiny was the year before they filmed it for i am not your guru and it's exactly the same you know the, the next year so it was a an incredible experience and probably as you know with yourself um it's getting around the right people i mean that's why i do the podcast as well is you you know talking to you in new zealand you've talked to guys in different countries and you know, people that have got a huge following and guys that are normal guys that i know but you're getting around people that are interested in doing life better and be that, you know, it could be finances, your health, the way you move, uh, your fitness, um, you know, your spirituality. So that's why mm. you're a, you're, you're a good one to talk to. Well, let's talk about spirituality. We'll finish on that one. What? All right, all right. I, I was pretty, I'm talking about this. I'm pretty loose on spirituality. I, I think again, I was too busy working in the city, um, you know, chasing, uh, chasing girls and chasing money to be honest that was that was all I was interested in and 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 you know going to the gym and stuff but uh, in the last probably year I've I've completely changed and uh, I'm more interested in that side of life now so I just wondered what what's your spiritual journey been like oh wow yeah so I mean growing up in New Zealand uh, my dad is uh is Maori New Zealand Maori um so he's an indigenous New Zealand and you know the indigenous people of New Zealand, Maori people, they they have a spiritual understanding of the world, and uh, they you know they talk about the god of the sea, the god you know the land, and um, and not really owning anything, but uh, like not owning the land, you know they're just part of the land. And I was hearing all these stories growing up, and uh, there's a uh, we've got an owl in New Zealand called a mopok, and Dad would say those owls actually communicate with us. You know, they're, um, he says that our ancestors actually speak through them. And so I was like, oh, that's, that's fascinating. You know, they're sending us messages and different calls they have mean different things. So I was just captivated by that as a, as a child. So that kind of opened me up to thinking a little differently. And then, have you heard of Abraham Hicks, by the way? No. Uh, Abraham Hicks. So... There's, there's a few books and uh, videos and things out there for anyone that wants to listen. But uh, so when I was about 18, my mum 
brought a DVD home from a, a work colleague who thought that I might be interested in this. And it was a, a DVD of Abraham Hicks. So this is Lady who she has a, a, a spirit entity or, or uh, I think her higher self, or I can't remember what it is, but basically she becomes this different person. It's like something comes into her body and then her tone changes. And then all of a sudden all this ridiculous wisdom just comes through her. <laughs> through it and uh you, you just ask her any question and she just goes boom gives you this precise perfect answer yeah and i was just like that that cannot be possible you know <laughs> so i'm sitting i'm sitting there going wow you know and it was just so perfect that what was coming out this person's mouth was this has got to be real uh, yeah. i was convinced um so that happened way back then and then and then um then I heard about this guy named John of God, who Wayne, uh, Wayne Dyer, he's another self-help person. Um, he had gone to see, or he had been healed, had this healing done through John of God. So that fascinated me as well. And then that's what led me to go to Brazil to go and see this guy, John of God. Um, but where did it start getting really interesting? Jeanette Wilson. So I've also interviewed her on my podcast as well, but Jeanette Wilson, she's from UK, by the way. She's living in New Zealand now. Um, she incorporates spirits into her body and they almost control her body to heal someone. Now, this is like, if you look her up, this is the most amazing thing. <laughs> and I've seen her live many times. Yeah. And, you know, people walk in with all sorts of ailments and she will be waving her hands and, and all of a sudden they feel better and, and they get up off the chair going, my pain's gone. You know, so I was just seeing all this crazy stuff. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I could go on all sorts yeah. of tangents here, but um, plant medicines definitely opened me up to, uh, to seeing more as well. Yeah. And uh, in meditation. And, yeah. Is there anything? It's, I was going to say, I, I think it's, um, you've got to be ready to be open-minded because I, yep. I don't think, again, going back to a few years ago, I, I just wasn't, first I wasn't interested and I, and I wasn't interested in anybody that was interested in it. You know, I just thought it was yeah. n nonsense, but, you know, none of us were born enlightened as, as the saying goes. Um, yeah. But that's why, um, you know, especially with the podcast, we've had guys that, again, have come on to talk all about business and Formula One and, you know, and fitness and yeah. <laughs> all these different things. But being able to cover, uh, you know, certain de delving in and out of spirituality and, you know, mind bending drugs and all these different things that that all these different guys are um, are experiencing, I think, start mm. to make up the call it, you know, the, the, the segments of a pie of man that, uh, you know, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe you need spirituality as much as you need fitness and health and, you know, some money in the bank and some purpose. So uh, I always think it's it's interesting. I'm going to. Um, I'll, I'll be having a look at the uh, the names. What was the lady you said was from the from the UK, but is now out in uh, in New Zealand? Jeanette Wilson. Jeanette, I'm writing it and down. I think to the date, I think I'm the only one to have interviewed her, and which is ridiculous because, you know, she if you listen to her speak, she just she she's got a lot to say. She's got yeah. a lot of wisdom to. Um, so you know, if you. If you want to look into interviewing someone, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> very interesting. There's a challenge for me. Um, well, well, la last question yeah. for you. 
thing is, um, mm. uh, I always say podcasts saved my life, and I, and I don't mean that I was uh, as cool. in I was suicidal, but it really was. I was going down one path in my life, and quite frankly, it was fucking boring. And I started listening to podcasts that got me introduced to. Um, first one was a guy called James Swanick, who's who's an Australian guy based in the states, and he introduced me to Tony Robbins, and then I kind of, you know, went wow. to London Real and all the different podcasts. So that that kind of was a fork in the road for me that that kind of put me on a path to being more fulfilled instead of just doing a a job where you got up and you know spent I don't know Christ 200 hours a month at your desk or something ridiculous um so I know you had your own podcast um, and what are the podcasts what are your favorite ones that you listen to addicted to success have you heard of that one yeah it's uh with Joel, Joel Brown um yeah he actually inspired me um start my own as well um and uh, um yeah luckily enough interviewed him as well so that's pretty cool yeah um yeah yeah his is his is probably my favorite because it's uh success mindset mixed with spirituality and yeah for sure podcasts really helped me as well and yeah. um yeah and with your with your podcast um how do you what's the word i'm looking for what's the criteria for a guest um i guess the subjects that they're into but also if they inspire me pretty much so um yeah what if they're up to something yeah Yeah. that's inspiring i like that it's it is that thing of um you know it there's there's so many people around now and that's what i love about um you know the technology is good and bad technology is like water isn't it you know if you if you if you have too much of it it will kill you but you need some of it to live. <laughs> um so uh yeah. you know it, it's like for us you know the fact that i could message you on instagram and we can jump on zoom and and, and have a great kind of an hour plus conversation about all these different things is is priceless mm. so um yeah i definitely think with podcasts it's the more I delve into them, the more I try and listen to the sometimes not the biggest, most popular ones, because often you'll find they kind of might roll out the same guests, which are, which are great, but you might have heard them three times before. So that's why I'm always trying to, you know, find different people that, um, you know, you, yeah. you haven't seen on podcasts that you can get some some golden nuggets from. Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you go because I appreciate it's uh, <clears throat> it's early morning out there and uh, and it's it's a start of a working day for you. Um, so, Jamie, I will, I will say I really appreciate your time and all the work you're uh, you're doing as well. It's it's obviously um, you know important that you're trying to help people do life better, a bit like the whole Man Academy with helping men do life better. Um, and uh, and maybe yeah, we'll great. have you uh, if you're if you'll uh, jump on, come back on the podcast, or maybe do an Instagram live or something at some point. Sounds great. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, we can see how life's uh, going yeah. the rest of the year, and <laughs> Ho- ho- hopefully, yeah, we've been, hopefully, we've been allowed out by then. But uh, love. Oh well, yeah, I'll, really. Well, on that uh, on that bombshell, I'll, I'll say I much appreciate your time, and uh, and Jamie, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks very much for having me, man. Thank awesome. you, mate. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Whole Man Academy podcast. Now, are you receiving our weekly emails? If not, you're missing out. Our Whole Man Academy weekly email is changing the game for men around the world using cutting-edge psychology, game-changing thinking strategies, and inspiring tips and stories from people you should have heard of but likely never have. So if you want to live more, be more, and experience more, 
go and sign up. Visit wholemanacademy.com forward slash movement. Thank you.